0: Welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. On this episode, join Tracy and Shelly
1: as they chat about weeding in the library. Listen as they discuss what weeding is and why libraries have to do it, so stay tuned.
0: Welcome to another episode of Stacks and Stories. This time, instead of talking, we, we're still going to talk about books. I'm here with Shelly.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: And usually we like to talk about the books that we're reading and what we liked and didn't like and... Banter
1: some, back and forth. A little banter, a little yeah. bicker. <laughs> a little uh, bicker.
0: <laughs> but this time we're going to talk about the concept. This is a conceptual, it's very groovy <laughs> um, episode. We're going to talk about weeding and uh, why it's important for libraries. And if you're already bored, don't be. It's going to be exciting. Keep Keep listening. We're going to make it very exciting. We're going to make it exciting. So we'll just jump in. And Shelly, I'm going to start by just asking you, like, um, what is weeding? What What is that? What is well, it? Well,
1: weeding is not about weeding your garden. I will say that up front. Weeding is also known as deselection. And it is part of the collection management process. Mm. That sounds very official. So what does it mean, though? Basically, it means taking
0: books out of the collection. What do you mean taking them out? You mean to the taking them out?
1: Like Like, like throwing them away? You could throw them away. That is one of the options. And we'll talk about that later, about some of the options of what you do, of what what you can do with these books that you're weeding out. I don't think I like this. Well... I think you will <laughs> later on. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking and, of in the role
0: of someone who doesn't work in a library. Well,
1: I think our listeners will, but sometimes the public does have problems with the weeding process, yes. and we'll we'll also talk about that a bit. But yeah, it's it's taking books out of the collection that aren't appropriate for the collection anymore based on age, based on their information, based on various factors. But the reason you're doing it is because you're making room for new materials. So what if I have um, an
0: infinite library? I work in a magic place where the shelves always expand. Do I ever have to weed? Well, <laughs> I don't know why I asked that dumb I question. Don't know. But it I like, just I felt like it.
1: <laughs> because on, on my card... Oh my God! I said, libraries do not have unlimited space, and then you just asked me. You know, there we go. So theoretically, I'm like, well oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking of, of Star Wars, like that library and the arc that, uh, that arc that that archivist in Star Wars that has all that space. Well,
0: so. unless you're in spa- Star Wars, though, yeah. um, libraries um, do have finite space, yes. correct? And uh, correct. Yeah. So
1: libraries. Most libraries, I don't know of any magical, <laughs> magical libraries, um, do you have a finite space, a certain number of shelves, and in order to bring new materials in, you're going to have to get some old materials out, titles and authors that aren't popular anymore, or books that are falling apart. Or like
0: if some some person like ate cheetos and the and there's like cheeto dust all over the exactly. pages spaghetti exactly. sauce dropped it in the bathtub oh we had a actually we had a book come back recently that someone spilled tomato juice all over and you know what i was unprepared for how disgusting that was because tomato, the tomato like particles kind of separated, and so it was like all. It was like it, it it was wet and crinkly, like a you know like a book that's been in in water. Yeah. But it was tinged red, and then it had little chunkies on it.
1: All okay, right. So my my, my <laughs> question here is, they turned it back in thinking that thinking they it would be fine. To, okay.
0: Okay. I mean, they admitted, oh, I spilled a little tomato juice on here.
1: Okay, that's.
0: That's a great example of something that needs to be weeded.
1: And that is also a great example of how you can weed. You can weed as books are returned, as you shelve, or you can do an actual, you know, going out to the shelves and do the actual formal weeding.
0: I think that, and this kind of gets into something I was going to cover, one of the reasons... Weeding is challenging for librarians is that yeah you know you get the tomato juice and the Cheeto dust ones and you you can set those aside. but while weeding should be a regular part of you know it's like it's, it's almost it's, like a
1: daily right.
0: process. It's really fun to order new books. Yes. It's super fun but it's and and you we do that all the time but uh, the weeding process is not a one that we most people,
1: I don't know. There are some librarians that love to weed.
0: You know, sometimes if I'm in the mood, a lot of my job is administrative. So I'm in my office a lot of times, and then you know what? I need to get out in the stacks and do something physical. And especially if I'm in a bad mood, oh, I love to weed. And I'm just like, oh, I hate you. Get out of here. Because well, it's almost st- like,
1: sign. and it's not doing something bad, but it's almost like you're doing something bad yes. and horrible, and you're, but you're getting that out.
0: Well, so, you know, there's the time that it takes to go... We call it doing a big weed. Like, oh, yeah, we have to do a, a big weed. Yeah. We have to go to the stacks and yeah. organize it and all this. It takes a lot of time, but it feels wrong. You know, we, we, are, we work in libraries because we love books and information, right? And then it feels wrong to but throw actually, them away.
1: It's right. Oh, I know.
0: I know it's right. Yeah. But the concept in theory and and it is something that people who don't work in libraries are often upset about you like you're throwing all these away yes yeah they have tomato juice on them or they it has inaccurate information about something that could literally kill you like especially like medical books yes they have a very short shelf
1: life there's this like general theory in our society that every book is sacred yes every mass market paperback
0: I'm sorry. It's not. I love the I love the idea behind every book is sacred, but it is an object, like sure. any other object that gets yeah. worn out. And and uh, you know what? Sometimes I do feel sorry for a book and I will leave it on the shelf because I'm like, "You are cute and no one will ever check you out."
1: It is hard to weed out cute books. <laughs> Especially, you
0: know how I feel about a little tiny book? I
1: know that fits in your purse.
0: I did I actually I do have a book that we weeded it, it, listen, it, it hung on for way longer than it should have, but it lives in my office now, and it's this little green cloth-covered book with gold, you know, stamping on it, and it's How to Dissect a Cat.
1: What's the book about?
0: Dissecting a Cat.
1: Like, it really is about that? Yeah, it's oh, like a, I was hoping it was called that, but about something No, else. no, no,
0: like, oh, How to Eat a Wolf. I think that's a MFK Fisher book. No, it's, it's like a veterinary text. Oh,
1: okay. From,
0: like, the 30s that I guarantee you lasted because someone was like, oh, it's so cute. I got I to gotta keep it. It's so weird and cute. But, yes, you. It, I just
1: find it amusing because you're a big cat lover and you have that book. Well, let me just talk about why it, it is important to weed. Again, there's, you only have so much shelf space. When you weed, you actually make it much easier for your patrons. Because let's just take, for example, let's talk about like a garage sale. <laughs> you have a garage sale and you have all this junk, right? But when you start getting rid of things, then you actually are able to see what you have. Yes. So when you start getting rid of these books that are old or and in bad condition or... Books that aren't circulating, then you have these nice books that are popular on your shelves. And then when patrons come in, they see these books and and they're not and you actually have space on your shelves. And that's actually more enticing to patrons than a crowded, you know, booked up (laughs) ha 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 pun shelf. And your circulation will most likely increase.
0: Do you know, there is, you know, we, I, I knew that, oh, you know, a, a fewer books on a shelf is more attractive. Mm-hmm. But I visited a library, this was years ago, I had, I had gone to do a training, and then I went back uh, a year or two later. And it's a one-room library, a very small library. And I said, I know this isn't, but did y'all like put in a window or something? Like, did you expand? And here's what they did. They had weeded and light was coming through from, they only had like windows in the front of the building. Light was coming through the shelves where there was space and it actually was making it all the way through the library to the back of the room. And it looked like they had renovated. Wow. They, and that that was a huge like oh my gosh I never thought that about like just shows how, how the light
1: how much they must have weeded
0: they they weeded a lot they had
1: a big weed
0: they had a big weed <laughs> a real big one but yes that like I, that was the first time I saw it especially in a small space yeah but yes kudos to them
1: yeah for that's that a, that's a good I, I like that that's a good story and it's true another thing I would like to add is that and this is something that When I was working in a public library, this always helped me, but when you are weeding and you're doing it on a continuous basis, you're able to see actually the holes in your collection as well. The areas that you need to, that you're missing on certain subjects, or maybe you need to get a new edition of a certain medical book mm-hmm. and things like that. Or perhaps you have some great classics, but they're not, the covers aren't as appealing and there's some new really you know, cool looking covers that if you got them, they would probably circulate more. So I think that's something that's beneficial about weeding.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, again, we're, we're still in the middle of a, a big weed here. But I absolutely use it for collection development. When I go and decimate uh, (laughs) an area, I keep a a post-it going of what I'm killing off that we need to... And and you know what? Not every every book that leaves, we don't get a replacement for it. And we'll talk about like MLC's collection and how it's kind of weird and a little bit different than a public library later on. But just because you're getting rid of a book about, you know, woodworking in... I don't know. I'm just, I'm going to say some weird words, but like how to carve little elves out of walnut shells. You don't have to necessarily replace it with that if no one is asking for that. Exactly. But if someone does ask for a book about how to carve elves out of walnut shells, you know what you can do? You can ILL it. You can interlibrary
1: yep. loan it or you could buy it. For if it is available elsewhere easily. absolutely no reason for you to purchase that material
0: and and that I think is another reason that library folks don't don't like I mean they I think it's a, a it's a fake barrier to to weeding but I think they feel like well what if someone wants it what if someone needs it you know what we've got interlibrary loan we actually here at MLC have um we call it alt I L L. So if someone comes in and says, "Hey, I want to book," okay, I'm gonna stop saying the thing about the walnut.
1: I kind of like the walnut.
0: <laughs> Do you know what I have? My, I, have I have these. <laughs> I have a bunch of like old Hallmark ornaments for my Christmas tree, and there was a walnut series that you actually it has like a hinge on it. And you open them and, up. Yes, and there's like little people, like I little know, elves. And I that, know about that. I don't know why that that is what I I'm thinking of, him. but that that's what I have in mind. Anyway, so if someone came in and said, hey, do you have this book? And it's something we would buy anyway. If it fits our collection development policy, then we just go ahead and do a rush request on it. So it's going to cost less mm-hmm. and and get here. Not really. It doesn't cost less at all to do, to buy it. But anyway, it's going to get here in, the, in faster time than you would with ILL. And then it's available for anyone else. So it's a way of doing collection development on, in this like rapid way and actually like offloading it onto the patron like oh oh okay you want that okay that that sounds good but sometimes we don't want to buy that book so we do an an interlibrary loan
1: getting back to what you said about librarians thinking oh but what if someone wants it public libraries are not archival libraries right so you're not collecting for the world and you're not collecting forever exactly so that is another reason why you weed you don't have, your mission is not to collect forever and for the world.
0: One thing that sometimes trips people up is like, they find a very old book and they think, oh, what if it's worth something?
1: Yes. And as soon as I hear that from people, I actually, my eyes just roll. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't do it, right. but it's like inside my brain, they're rolling. Yes,
0: here's the thing if you have if if there's a book in the library that's been processed it's essentially been damaged okay unless you have a gutenberg bible and if you do oh my gosh let's talk if you're listening to this and there's a gutenberg bible in your library and no one knows about it yeah get in touch with us but if it if it is well used if it's been well loved if it's Look, if you put a sticker on it and stamped it, it, you have already... It's not worth anything. It's not worth anything. No. Is it cute and do you feel sorry for it? Maybe. But it's not going to be worth something. And sometimes... A library will say like oh i can't throw this away will you take it and i'm like i'm gonna throw it away and they say okay and they just don't want to be the ones exactly. to, to, to pull the plug they don't want to be
1: the quote unquote bad guy right and i'm always like i will be the bad guy for you i will, I will yeah. throw these away for i will you.
0: absolutely take and them they're to the dumpster
1: happy that yeah. you'll do that. Yeah. that they don't have to take on that role and it's funny because we're like, of course we'll do it. Of
0: course, yeah we have a we have a, a large and substantial dumpster yes. that is happy to accept worn, cruddy, yes. Cheeto laden materials.
1: <laughs> and just one more thing about why it's important, and I could talk about why it's important for a long time. But the reason you should always be in the process of weeding, of course, it's always good to do these big weeds, but you should avoid crisis weeding that's that's my that's when you buy materials and you have them come in and then you want to shelve them but oh no your shelf is jam-packed full so now you have to weed in order to get your new materials on the shelf and
0: that's where where a community can will take note of the dumpster that you hired yes
1: that's bad PR. That
0: is real bad PR. Yeah. If you want to get people upset, you make a big public show of dumping, you know, 5,000 books into a dumpster. Yes. It's part of the cycle of life. But if you do it continually, uh, it's not as, you If you do you it know,
1: gradually and slowly and, you know, on a continuous basis but not in a, you know, huge pile, it's kind of, you know, not a big deal. But if you do, you know, a crisis weed where you have to weed a huge amount and people... And there have been libraries that have people come out and take pictures of their dumpster, That just looks bad. And then the director has to explain what's going on. and, And as we talked about before, oftentimes the public, they don't understand why things are weeded and... Why books are thrown away? Yeah, there there is
0: frequently in the news. Uh, you know, there there a, a library has been abandoned or some kind of dispute, and the materials have been sitting in there rotting for a while. And then someone is like, "Oh, let's go in and save them." Oh my gosh! Not climate controlled. No, thank you. <laughs> no, no, no. Do not donate those to anyone. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate that that's what happened, but you would not pick up like a, a bunch of moldy shirts and say like, oh, I'm taking this home.
1: That is I'm, danger. Yeah, it danger. is dangerous. Yes,
0: I think the, the a concept, part of the importance of weeding is to look at the collection like it's a living thing. It is a living thing that, and living things have to adapt, right, um, to the needs of the community and a library's, priorities. So when a library's uh, priorities change, when they are they are made aware of, of something, let's say they realize that their, their uh, collection isn't as diverse as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Weeding is a way to make room for the materials that they want to add. And one way that a library can kind of figure out if their collection is meeting the needs of that community is doing a diversity audit. Which is a way of finding out who your your collection represents and how that collection compares with what your community looks like. So you can do a diversity audit and you can assess your collection in terms of authors of color or characters of color or authors or uh, and characters who are disabled or neurodiverse or LGBTQ, uh, whatever thing you are hoping. To measure you literally just go to your collection and you need to decide obviously what what thing you want to measure and what collection it's important to measure that in
1: I think we're seeing more and more libraries do this yes become more and more important
0: yeah well even if you don't have the tools to you know revamp information is very powerful and knowing what your collection is really looks like is very very important at least to know that oh wow our collection is 2% diverse that that is not a great metric and that's something that you need to work towards because diversity is intentional you mm-hmm. you have to try exactly. to make your collection diverse and part of that is that the publishing industry is very white definitely most books are like people who work in the industry, you know, publishers and editors and agents, most of them are white and most of the authors they re- represent are white and that is n- nothing that's there's nothing wrong with that but it means that the the tendency is that most books published are by white people. So if you if you want a diverse collection that looks like your community, it is something that you have to try to do.
1: It's very important for people in your community that you serve to be able to come into your library and see themselves in your collection.
0: Yes and I think especially children need to be able to identify, not that you can't identify with someone who's different than you in a book, but finding a book at the right time that speaks to you Mm -hmm. and the the characters makes
1: a huge impact look
0: like you um that i mean even even like you know if the characters are your age that that's a huge thing but if they also match your race Mm -hmm. or you know if you're disabled or or whatever that that can make a huge impact and make you feel seen in the library
1: one thing also that i would like to chime in here on is that I think it's also important to state that sometimes weeding is, librarians need to be careful that when they're weeding, not to use weeding to sometimes weed out materials that are controversial. Yes. Because that is, that's a form of censorship. Right. And that does happen that. Sometimes they'll just weed out this book because it's going to cause a problem.
0: Right. Or they heard another library is going through a thing and they're like, well, if we just remove it, we won't have that problem. Yes. But, and and I I have respect for anyone who truly feels that a book is inappropriate and they have absolutely have the right to go through that formal request for reconsideration process. But I also know that there is someone, some some book is going to offend someone. No matter you as could, it should, there as should it should, be. yeah. Every book is not for every person, mm-hmm. so you can't. You're not going to be able to weed it down no. so so it's not going to be offensive to to someone. So, how does a um, what 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 kind of things does a public library need to keep in mind when they are?
1: Well, like I said before, to always be doing weeding continuously, and if they're going to do a big weed, be prepared to be able to inform the public about what's going on because you're going to have people that, as they see the books are being, like maybe the shelves are starting to look a little slim, and there's not as many books on the shelves before new books have come in, be prepared to have the staff informed about how to explain to the public about what's going on. So they don't just say, oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And there have even been libraries that have put things on their website to say, you know, you might see our shelves are looking, you know, a little slimmer or, you know, we're working on weeding and adding newer, you know, newer books, you know, please be patient with us during this process. Just always, I mean, always be good about communicating with, with the public. And something I like to say that, and I think I've already said it, but I want to say it again, that every time a book is touched is a good opportunity for the staff to evaluate it. So that would be when it's being checked in, when it's being checked out, and when when it's being shelved as well. And ideally, like mass weeding, I mean, again, it has to be done, but it's very alarming to the, the public. So... Be ready to, again, to explain what what is going on during the mass weeding. And one thing that's good to know is that sometimes you might have an author that is on the shelf that, not an actual author, but.
0: I mean, that would be weird. You might, might have. I mean, it John, might be kind of nice, you know, you hello, th- friend, when you're shelving.
1: John Grisham on the mm-hmm. shelf. <laughs> When, when you have an author that is not, their books are not checking out, sometimes it's good if you know in advance that perhaps they have a new work coming out, because sometimes when a, a new novel is coming out, or a new title is coming out, their other books will start to become popular again, too. So that's always something to think about when you're doing a weed. I always like to remind people of that.
0: Yeah, to a uh it, it kind of saves those older titles yeah I'm
1: not trying to save books but I'm just saying that sometimes you'll have a book that yeah it hasn't circulated much in or at all in two years but if there's a new title coming out it might circulate it know? might
0: you know I've seen libraries have a last chance section. Yes. Um, I have where, seen
1: a lot of those.
0: Yes, I think yeah. it's hilarious and I love it. I um, do
1: think it's funny because it's a little artificial. Well um, explain what, what it is. Well, basically, they have books that are pretty much they're going to be weeded and unless they get checked out one you know, one more time. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically telling the public if you don't if these books don't get checked out. It's curtains for them. They're out of here. And so it's basically asking the public to check them out and to save them from being taken out of the collection. Yes. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, I think it's funny. Um, But it it says a
0: lot about placement in the library, though. Like, these are books that are sitting on the shelves. And if you don't happen to be wandering on the aisle that has, you know, F through G, you might miss them. So put them in a prominent spot. I mean, it's double duty, right? It's like spotlight on some titles you might have missed. And it's not usually called, like, you know death watch you know no. or anything it's it's like a spotlight on titles you yeah. might have
1: missed some libraries make it funny though they do so tracy tell me a little bit about how our state library is different in our collection works here
0: yeah our library and if you didn't know we have a working library you can come get a library card here with us we're, we are open to the public but we're not a public library
1: Which sounds weird.
0: It does sound weird. You can come in, but the collection is not going to be what you find in a public library. We have a large, large print collection that supports our Talking Books program. And we have two different large print special programs. And then in our regular collection, we have a a Mississippi collection. We have Reference. We've started to have fiction, and that's new which I have
1: noticed that yes and I've wondered about that
0: so many years ago before my time so and and before there was a statewide interlibrary loan system MLC was basically the place to get a book so if you're in a public library and they didn't have one we would have it and we would send it so we we served as ILL for the state
1: I did not know this
0: yes and so we had a gigantic collection we did have to buy everything for everyone and have it and, and just in case I wonder someone what needed a kind of
1: budget we had back then
0: i don't know you were not around for our old building
1: no i was not um
0: and it the stacks were massive and and we weren't open to the public and yeah, so they right. it, it was less of a an issue that they were you know stuffed full of stuff yeah so This was before my time, I think sometime in the 90s. We had whoever was the director here decided that we didn't need to have fiction anymore. And we did every every book of fiction. Goodbye.
1: We did Um, all the fiction. All of
0: it. Unless it was considered like classic literature. So we have the Riverside Shakespeare, but that was it. So we didn't collect standard print fiction are the only fiction that we collect is in large print large print is hard to purchase we purchase it through a subscription because while it is there's lots of books are printed in large print unless you buy them when they just come out it's very they don't reprint them so if it's two years later and you need to replace it well they're
1: also very expensive they
0: are they are they are usually between 35 and 40 dollars instead of, you know, 20 to 27 for a standard print book. So they are more expensive and hard to buy and so our collection didn't have fiction. And I thought this is maybe I think we've been doing this for 3 or 4 years now. I started to buy a few a, a few books, but how do you start? <laughs> okay, there's I don't know, millions and millions and millions Of fiction books out there how do you begin
1: where do you start
0: well I started with classics okay I started with like Jane Austen and Toni Morrison because I thought okay I I, I, those are good right that's a thing and then our collection has kind of as it's gone on it has kind of revealed itself to me what I wanted it to be I'm very much a person that has no idea how things work I have to I have to do them to figure out what it is I want. And so what it has turned out to be, we don't have a lot of popular fiction. So James Patterson, we have him downstairs in large print, mm. but we don't have him in standard print. So there are a lot of diverse authors. There's a lot of literary fiction. There's like Booker Prize winners. So it is it's still I mean, we still have some like awesome
1: we have some know. great. We fiction. have we have
0: some great fiction, yeah. but that's really the direction it goes because if public libraries have James Patterson covered. They don't need they don't need us to fill in those oh, gaps. Oh,
1: Yes, they most definitely yes, do. They do. I have seen firsthand. You you
0: have, and I have seen the photos of you seeing that firsthand. <laughs> but what they might need is oh, here is this book that just won this British award or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of how our fiction has has adapted. But because we have this weird, and we still kind of, kind of serve as a backup to public libraries, in the interlibrary loan system, the statewide one, MLC is the first lender. I know this is very fascinating for everyone. It is to me. But in the system, and every single person, and how how it, interlibrary works, you have a lender string, but MLC is the first lender for everyone.
1: I did not know that.
0: Because we will, we have no restrictions on letting a library borrow anything, like if they want to borrow, actually literally, the microphone I'm talking into right now. If a library is doing a program and wants to borrow this microphone, they can. I don't buy anything here that a library can't check out. So we're always going to say yes to uh, a new book. Oh, we got it yesterday, great, you can, you can ILL it. You can check it out. So, so we yeah. still do need to have a general nonfiction collection. And then in recent years, as reference has really kind of shifted from reference books to online materials, we started buying more nonfiction that can serve as a reference book. So it, you can check it out, and we can use it for reference. So that's that's kind of our what our collection looks like. And so when we weed, there is, there is that like, oh, I, I, I got rid of this. I need to replace this in case someone wants it. And so you can't use, and we'll talk about next, like the methods that libraries use to weed. And some of those methods don't always work here because there there is a method that takes into account the date of the last checkout and the publication year. Well, you know what? Sometimes things never get checked out here, but the information is still valid. It's still something that someone, it's not out of date, it's just been sitting there which, uh, oh, I meant to say this earlier when we were talking about some of the challenges that go into weeding. Sometimes you don't want to see your failures as a book selector, because sometimes you pick a book and as a collection development person, and then nobody ever checks it out. And then you have to weed it. And that it's like, oh, look,
1: sad. here's my yeah. failure.
0: I, yeah. I chose poorly. And here it is. I mean, whoever chose that book about dissecting a cat was clearly on target did but you
1: see if it was ever circulated did you happen to you know
0: what our we got a new uh, circulation system oh. in 2010 i think and so all of our records so, only go back that far
1: so, so i could i can two, pretend yeah.
0: that it was like every day it was never here because it was always checked out you can make up a whole <laughs> story about it but yeah th- anyway all of that to say and that long history about our collection, that
1: was fascinating.
0: means that there are things that have slipped through the cracks. There are some things that are so horrible in, in probably everybody's collection. But Alex is our information services director, and she's been doing most of the weeding. And she, like, cackles with delight when she finds something really horrible. And the latest horrible one was one called 130 Questions About War and Terrorists. Oh, 130 Questions Children Ask About War and Terrorists. First of all, the number 130, strange choice. Not 100, not 150, not 125, but 130. It's just kind of not a round number. Anyway.
1: No, but it's got me thinking, what kind of questions are they?
0: Well, it's stuff like, can't we just give Osama a hug? Okay. Oh, so, it's so sad. Yeah, it. but it apparently had an ugly cover, too. Like, just oh, to boot. Okay. You know, like it. it At it, least
1: have a cute cover. Yeah, no.
0: Not a cute cover, kind of a dumb book just all the way around. But it's it delights her. It's her favorite thing in the world. So,
1: is she going to keep it? Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> she should put a note on it that when it when it gets weeded. But that's a good that's a good what happens? I mean, we keep talking about throwing things in the dumpster, but that's, that's not if that's that's like the option. only choice. Yeah,
1: they all go in the dumpster, and they don't all go in the dumpster no, here either. But what is? Don't.
0: What are some options for okay, a library?
1: So you do have some options, and books that are weeded can go various places. If they're in good condition, they can go in your friend's book sale. In fact, I think a lot of weeded books end up in the friend's book sales. Or there are libraries that have like a giveaway cart or a box where you just give them away you know maybe they're not in the best condition but they're not horrible and they're not bad enough that you would throw them away but you want so you just give them away I see a lot of libraries with a mm-hmm. giveaway cart or if you have a little free library You could also put them in your little free library. You don't want to
0: stock it with like a bunch of library books. No, you don't. But if you have like a very popular title and you just happen to get a new copy of, something that looks that someone would want to take home with
1: them. Don't use them as your only source of your little free library. Or if you have other branches in your system where you think a title might circulate there if you think a certain author would be more popular at another branch.
0: Like if they had a, a Western club or something where mm-hmm. all the Western fans came to talk about. Western club. You know. Um, you know. It, yeah.
1: <laughs> or, you know, maybe there was some. <laughs> I'm old. just thinking, you know, no, you know how. No. There are, I know the, there's The clothes.
0: genre people, you know, they're yeah. very devoted to their there genres. Are.
1: Or you, you, you could have a branch that, they just don't have that particular author there because you didn't have the money to buy that, that book. So you might want to send it over there and see how it does at that branch. You can recycle books. There are places that will take them. Sometimes it um, cost more to mail them off. You kind of have to take that into, into consideration. You could offer them to other libraries. Mm-hmm. They probably don't want them, but that is an option. We, we do do that with
0: our especially our large print because they are expensive and so if it's a title that has just not circulated well here but it's still in really good condition we offer those to especially our small libraries Mm -hmm. that definitely don't have the funds to Mm -hmm. buy a 30 one dollar book i mean they're
1: they're expensive I actually do know of a library that gives a lot of their weeded books to another library, and the other library is grateful for them because they're they're usually not super old either. You know, they're just books that they don't have room for anymore, and they need to make room for new books. And then the last option is the trash bin. It's my favorite one. Yeah, I have it's to our say. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we, we offer what's good to public libraries. And then occasionally we'll have like a special library. We'll call and say, do you have anything like, especially like a prison library? Sometimes one will call us and, and ask for any donation. And we're like, okay, we have a shelf. Come get what you want. Yeah. And then after a certain amount of time, if no one wants something, then it is, it's dumpster town for. Dumpster town. Yeah, they, they, take, a, they take their last trip <laughs> on a book truck down down outside. We
1: do delight in taking things to dumpster down. You know
0: what? I, I there's probably some glee in my voice and that's probably <laughs> offending someone. I, think, I know. But <laughs> it is I cannot tell you how fun it is to toss books into a dumpster. And that, that seems so wrong as a librarian, but again, while I, I, I love the concept of a sacred tome, I also love the concept of a nice clean book and not getting dirt in my bed one thing when we go to help a library do, do some weeding and they're they're sometimes resistant to getting rid of things but children's children's books get so gross and grubby oh, because you know children are know. adorable and filthy
1: they are their, their hands little are hands
0: so are always sticky and, and so oh uh, so gross think of all those germs on i those can't books. i can't think about them they're so gross. but if you imagine like the, the question that, and sometimes someone here or in a library will say like, oh, but we should keep it. And I'm like, would you check this out and read it in bed? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, then get rid of it. Then get rid of it. What kid wants to get this filthy, you know, nasty book? What teenager is going to get this book that has like crud all over it?
1: I just had a memory that I forgot about until just now <laughs> when I was a children's librarian. <laughs> I used to have to clean our children's books. Ugh. Like with Windex all the time. And my hands just felt so disgusting. And Although, that, you know what? You why can't did I wear gloves? Well, you can't clean
0: a, a, a piece of paper, though. No, Those little pages, but, and they get kind of raggedy because yeah. their fingers are kind of moist, you know, and they're grubby. And yeah, that children's books need I had to. I
1: totally repress them. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're they can
0: be really gross, you know. Nobody wants to touch someone else's filth.
1: So let's talk about how do you weed exactly? Like, how do you assess what needs to be weeded? Yeah, how do you? Well, there's a couple. There's various methods. One of the most popular ones that are that is used is called the crew method. Is that like motley crew? It's like motley crew. Cool. Motley crew came up with it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I had no idea. Tommy Lee was like,
1: we're going to figure out these libraries.
0: Vince Neil is like, first we're going to shout at the devil and then we're going to then we're going to do some weeding.
1: It was created by the Texas State Library and if you go online, you can actually find the entire crew manual. So you don't have to it you can actually find it online and crew is an acronym because that's what we love oh my gosh
0: you know what librarians actually if you if you are wondering like oh what kind of career will I be good at do you like acronyms well come on come on y'all
1: come on to the state library yeah especially we love that continuous review evaluation in weeding
0: that is a you know what that is an acronym that makes sense i hate yeah. an acronym where it's obvious they really wanted that word yeah. and so they're and like cramming it, you know, in a bunch kinda, of weird words yeah
1: yeah so and the crew method has like six general criteria that they give that one should consider when weeding an and item. and if i'm thinking correctly the
0: criteria also has
1: an acronym, an acronym. yes and we're going to give you another acronym and it is musty love it yes and that be m-u-s-t-i-e do you remember what that stands for
0: misleading yes um
1: un... ugly oh ugly ugly it's just <laughs> beautiful ugly <laughs> the S is superseded. That means if there is an addition. Yeah, you get the second.
0: um, And that is the kind of weeding that is the easiest. When you're shelving that second edition, pull the
1: first. Yeah, exactly. And the T is, is it trivial? Like, it does the, and that one I have kind of issue with, like, it says, like, is there no literary or scientific merit? Well, you know, a lot of things don't, but that's basically, like, was it was it purchased when, like, that was something that people wanted to know about? Yes.
0: You know what? We, not that long ago, we did a book. It was a book about how to make various emoticons. Like, this the yeah. old ones, you know, with, yeah. the, with the colon and the Where, parentheses. Back in the day,
1: you yeah. had to make your own.
0: Well, you had to make your own. And this is a, it, it was like a little square, five-inch square book.
1: hmm now yeah.
0: you no you don't, don't we don't need that. We no. don't need that right now. So
1: that would be a, That's, that's a great, it is now trivial. That's a great example. Yeah yeah. And the I is irrelevant. So does it does it not does it meet the needs and the interests of the community? Maybe it was well, at one time it did and now it does not.
0: Maybe there was you know there was the Western club <laughs> and the, and, the Western club. and the emoticon Club
1: they were they were one and the same. And the E actually addresses something that you brought up um, not too long ago, is elsewhere. Can the material be obtained easily elsewhere? And you mentioned that in your ILL statement. I did. So so basically, there is kind of like a ratio for various sections of the library, of of the collection. So, for example, and I don't have them memorized, but... For example, for, if for fiction, I think it's like 5-3. five, dash, five dash three. Like, And so that means you would weed it if it's over five years old and if it hasn't circulated in three years. Yeah, something five. like that. Yeah, And then you would also look at the musty. So even if it doesn't fit any of the 5-3, is it ugly? Is it misleading? Is it superseded? which fiction would not be. but So there's a different ratio for every different section of yes. the library.
0: And so there are things that, obviously we, talk, we talked about like medical information. It has- It has uh, like
1: a three two.
0: Right, version. I think it's it's the date of last checkout is the first one and then the publication date, uh, years since the publication date is that second one. Mm-hmm. And so every for every basically Dewey number in the library, it has a different one. So a book about like the occult and numerology, that information doesn't really change. It's not like new not new really. new methods There's of no new discoveries. Yeah. generally, um, so the information isn't out of date. But yeah. those are very popular materials, and uh, so yeah. you you always need to buy a new numerology book because those a get a lot of times those go out.
1: missing. too. They do. They
0: get they taken. Do. <laughs> they do. They were probably. No, I was going to say something about. Something someone put a spell on them, but that's. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We do get a lot of questions though about the occult, and not just books about them, but like how to how to put spells on people. It's very entertaining in the reference department.
1: Really. Yeah. And nowadays, it's very easy for libraries to run their circulation reports and to find out how often items have been circulating, and they'll use that um, when they're weeding. And there's another acronym I'd like to talk about. What. A it's surprise acronym. Worst. Do you know about worst? I don't know
0: about. I am taken aback. I don't know about worst. Really?
1: Yeah. Well, it's in the crew manual. I, apparently,
0: I need to print it out and read it.
1: Apparently, you haven't been reading your crew manual at I, I night. I guess. I guess not. To put yourself to sleep. It's often applied to like media, but oh, okay. anyway. Worst. The acronym stands for worn out, out of date rarely used, supplied elsewhere, trivial, or faddish. Okay. So actually, it's almost it's, exactly it's misty. It's the cl- same. Yeah. It's misty on a more... Uh,
0: it, actually, it just it just doesn't have superseded it. Doesn't it doesn't
1: have superseded because I guess media would not be superseded. But yes, it is in the crew manual.
0: Well... I guess it's just not as fun to say worst. It, musty not, is pretty fun.
1: Musty is fun to say, and it's fun to talk about. But It is. worst is something else people can use as well. But one thing I, I want to say is that the whole goal of weeding, the whole reason we're talking about this is because the goal of libraries is to keep your collection, your living collection, fresh and current and appealing to your patrons. Right. Because when you walk in the library, you don't
0: want to look at – cruddy old
1: you don't want a dirty books
0: no you want to look at pretty nice shiny clean books
1: and Um, because those will circulate
0: they do and you know what someone out there has a copy of that weird book from 1972 that you're looking for someone has it and it's probably doing very well there and you can borrow it from them
1: exactly there's always a way to get a title that someone wants. it is you don't have to collect everything.
0: Well, Shelley, I didn't know if we were gonna have an hour's worth of conversation to talk <laughs> I about can weeding, talk but about, <laughs> about anything for a long time. We are we're very passionate about the idea of making room for nice new books unless of course you have one of those special magic infinite libraries
1: oh the magical star Wars library yes
0: if you if you have one of those you don't have to listen to this but everyone else if you are in the library community i hope this gave you some some tips and if you aren't i hope it helped you understand why that process exists like
1: why librarians do what they do yeah a little bit Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stacks of Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.